Drive with Ken Chester, America's premier automotive news and information talk show. Ken loves talking all about cars, past, present, and future. Here he is, that automotive nerd with a historical twist, Ken Chester. Welcome once again to America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. For those of you that don't know, this is Roadworthy Drive. Welcome. I'm your host for the hour, Ken Chester. Glad you could drop by. Now, regular listeners know that this is not your father's car show. If this is your first time within the sound of my voice, let me give you the rundown of what we're about. If it moves above ground, on ground, or even sometimes underground, we cover it. From Elon Musk and his boring company concepts to Airbus and flying cars, Roadworthy Drive is at the forefront to make sure you stay in the know. Electric scooters, pedal bikes, and even pedestrians, they too, all in the mix. Of course, we're all about the vehicles that make up the American automobile industry, connected cars, electric cars, and self-driving cars. And on that note, we got you covered. This hour is no exception. In addition to our regular rummaging around for news from the parts bin, we're going to spend the better part of this hour together talking about the many ways your vehicle can pay you in real time right now. Now, for those of you who want to add your voice to the conversation, you can do it by calling or texting me directly via the Roadworthy Driveline. That number, 872-222-9793. And it's available to you, our listeners, anytime. If email is your thing, you can reach out and touch me at ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way connects you with me and the show. Now, Speaking of the usual suspects, let me introduce you to the other members that make up the in-studio Roadworthy Drive crew. At the controls, and always making sure that we stay right side up and between the lines and uh, in compliance with the suits, uh, is Roadworthy Drive executive producer Jack DeLeon. Holding things down over at mic number two, and the host of our new Facebook-only show, Wheels of Non-Consent, is that sunny and sassy millennial that everybody loves, Miss Sasha. Howdy, my peoples. Hey. hey. Hello. Are okay. We, is ladies, all good? Ladies and gentlemen, before this show goes any further, <laughs> we have about an hour of production before we start this hour. And I have come to the conclusion that I have lost complete control of this control room <laughs> because what? I can't keep these two apart. <laughs> what? Oh, I do I, not understand I what he's talking about. I have never seen two people bicker more than you two. I don't bicker. We do not bicker. We contend, sir. And I bring up logical questions to uh, points of interest that he brings up, and he fails to answer those questions. No, I answer them with counterpoint. He does not answer them. I do. Um, Does he realize that he's in violation of 60 minutes copyright (laughs) on point counterpoint? (laughs) Is he aware of this? You know, bill bill me. Okay. (laughs) Enough of this. Let's get to the parts bin this week. Ken, what do you got? Okay. Uh, you remember we were talking about this Canadian firm that developed this one-seater uh, electric car? Correct. Right. Uh, Electrica Mechanica, they, they, their little vehicle called the Solo. Mm-hmm. Well, they just started their production line. The first one just rolled off the line. Okay. And uh, is going through tests. Okay. And they expect to be in full production next month. 
and they expect to build 5,000 of these a year. Okay. My question. Okay. Uh, Elio Motors, are you listening? Okay. Here's, here's just something that just popped into my mind. That okay. could be dangerous. Okay. Is this like the Michael Keaton movie where they threw all these parts together and then tried to pass it off as a completed car? Oh, no. That sounds like the Model 3. Wow. 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 Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Tent, really? A tent for production? A tent? I mean... A tent? Well, it, would, you, would you have driven one of the last cars they made of that 5,000? That's the one that's going to be worried. Give the, them credit for throwing up a tent to help them get this done. Right? Yeah, but would you buy a car made in a tent, sir? If that's what it had to be and it met all the requirements, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, However, we, right now, don't talk to me about buying a car. Understandable. <laughs> and we will, we will save that story for another time. Exactly. We don't want to talk about that Move right along now. now. Uh, speaking SUVs, yeah. Subaru. Yes. Okay. Um, they came out with a new seven-passenger uh, SUV called the Ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T. Okay. Okay. How's that the, doing? Uh, I'll put it to you this way. Yeah. They sold 4,000 of them before the, two months before the first one really? was delivered. Wow. That is crazy. Uh, for the record, American-made. Right. Lafayette, Indiana, people. Mm. Lafayette, Indiana okay. is where they're made. And I will tell you this. Leanne mm -hmm. loves the Subaru Outback. Yeah. Uh, right? Well, this, yes. will be this thing car. is even bigger than the Outback. Correct. Well, and see, Subaru fans have been clamoring for a larger Subaru for that is years true. and years and years. That yep. is true. And they almost came out with the SUV. Well, they did. They tried the Tribeca. Yes, that's uh, it. Let, let me help you. <laughs> no. Right? That was we'll a, leave it alone. No. That was Did not no. work. No. That Driven one, no. no. That was a no. No. Okay. We're just gonna we're just gonna be friendly. <laughs> Mama told me if you can't say something nice, don't, don't say, say nothing. Nice. Okay. Uh, no. Here's here's my question. Mm-hmm. Is everybody trying to catch up with Ford and GM and make the bigger like Tahoes and the expeditions and let's, all of those? Well, I think it's more consumer driven because I mean we've talked about here before that. As a society, people are SUV and truck crazy right now. They I mean, are. they are leaving the car and the sedan in droves. Well, I mean, running the complete opposite way. And as we have talked before, now, Ford's not going to make a car in a couple of years. That's right. You know, I don't know how far along GM is on that decision, because I think they've changed their mind a time or two. Mm, they're closer than you think. Okay. Right, right. Okay. Way close. But again... Everybody's going this route. Except for like Toyota. Le, le, no, no, no. Let me drop this on you. Okay. In the past half decade, U.S. sales of large SUVs and crossovers have surged by 49%. There you go, Jack. And that, and that, does, and that does not surprise me because I'm going to date myself here. Mm -hmm. But back in the minivan days, that was the craze. Now all of a sudden, the soccer moms are all driving sports utility vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, bear in mind... This is more than the 19% gain in the industry as a whole. Wow. What the problem was for Subaru, why they had to do this, is what Sasha said earlier. Many of the folks trading up were trading in their Outbacks and Foresters. So Subaru needed something to keep the faithful in the brand. Um, yeah. Let's talk about what these things cost. They're not cheap, people. If well, you none of them own, are cheap. If you want to own an Accent... Be prepared to spend between thirty-two and forty-five thousand dollars. 
Well, that's still not as bad as as a pickup truck at, at 50 plus or True. these SUVs, these other SUVs at 50 plus. And with the exception of that sh- who shall not be named, um, Subaru is a solid name. It I is. I mean, th- those that are Subaru loyal will tell you. I mean, they're still driving around their 1992. I well, mean- just just remember the original saying, the original market saying of Subaru back in the day. Mm. Inexpensive and built to stay that way. Well, they're not so much inexpensive, but they're built to keep. And their safety record is pretty doggone good. Subaru Eyesight, yeah. an industry leader in terms of uh, adaptive driver assistance systems. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and gets very high marks from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, by the way. Um, but I will let me take you back. Subaru said that this, the, the launch of this new SUV was the brand's biggest product launch in at least 22 years. What was their last major launch? The Outback, the Outback in the mid-90s. Yeah. And that pretty much saved Subaru, by the way. Subaru was in trouble until they launched that in 1995. But um, since we're all about made in America, mm-hmm. let me throw this at you. Indiana, okay. other automakers who make stuff in Indiana. GM makes pickup trucks just outside of Fort Wayne and Roanoke. Toyota makes mini makes minivans and SUVs. Their big Sequoia Princeton, Indiana. Honda makes Civics and I think CRVs in Greenberg, Indiana. And uh, while Chrysler does not build whole vehicles, ground zero for their transmissions, if it's a tr- Chrysler transmission going to a, in a, into an FCA vehicle, mm-hmm. it's made at Kokomo. And I've been in some of those plants. Yep. Yeah. If it's a Chrysler transmission built in America, it's made at ground zero at Kokomo, Indiana. So Indiana is quite the place. Uh, if in terms of automobile manufacturing, but you could also make that same argument for Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, you know, and that's just north of the Mason-Dixon line. Of course, when you go south, you've got Kentucky, uh, you've got Tennessee, which is big, Alabama, which is big, Mississippi, believe it or not, which is big, Georgia, Georgia even. Yeah. yeah, Kia's got a plant there. And it's interesting to note the distance between the Hyundai plant in Alabama, and the Kia plant in Georgia is 85 miles. Wow. So they share a lot of the same suppliers. That is pretty doggone close if you think about it. Yes, it is. Now, next up, it's called the gig economy and definitely not the traditional 9 to 5. More than merely Uber or Lyft, see how your vehicle can help you get paid. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You are listening to Roadworthy Drive. RoadworthyDrive.com is the place to keep up with the latest happenings with Ken and the show. night was a dazzling wonderland. Recently, the lights of the United States Pavilion provided a sparkling background for the latest creations of the top fashion designers of Europe and America, and for the cars that were awarded the gold medal of the Comité Français de l'Elegance of Paris the world's most beautifully proportioned cars, the 1959 Fords. 
This velvet ball gown, designed by Joe Copeland for Petulu of New York, is from the collection of American clothes chosen by Vogue for the fashion show in the pavilion. The car is Ford's Fairlane 500 Club Victoria. Beautifully different, altogether new. It brilliantly expresses in every detail the easy elegance of the Thunderbird. This is High Style by Maggie Roof of Paris. Note the wide off-the-shoulder collar. And this is High Style in Station Wagons, Ford's new country sedan. Here's the fresh new direction in Station Wagon design from America's Station Wagon Specialists. Another Vogue selection, designed by Edward Abbott of New York, it features fashion's newest look, the Ampere line. And this is the newest look in convertibles, the wide-open and wonderful Ford Sunliner. See these cars with the elegance of a Thunderbird in your Ford dealer showroom. The cars that were awarded the gold medal of the Comité Francais de l'Elegance, the altogether new 1959 Fords, the world's most beautifully proportioned cars. And who knew the Ford Motor Company could speak French? I still want you to try to say that three times fast. Not happening. No. Uh, can I wake up now? Right. Yeah, you're, you're allowed. Thank real you. facts, real opinions, real talk. You're tuned to Roadworthy Drive, and I am Ken Chester, your host in studio with the Roadworthy Drive crew, the opinionated and fully caffeinated Roadworthy Drive crew, I might add. Thank you for listening. Now, this hour is all about the gig economy and the vast opportunities for a person with a vehicle, license, and decent insurance. Uh, no matter where you live or what you're driving, chances are there's quite a number of ways to get paid. Those ways are much more than just becoming an Uber or a Lyft driver. Surprised? So was I when I started my research, and that was kind of thanks to Sasha. We were looking at some things, and she brought up one thing about how to get paid, and I started digging into it and was completely overwhelmed about all the many ways that you can get money by having a vehicle. And mm -hmm. with the average cost of vehicles between twenty-five and thirty-five grand, you need all the help you can get nowadays. Yes, you do. Yep. So I thought that I would divide this into three and would start with the easy stuff. Um, how to turn your car into a moneymaker with some flexible side gigs. Now, um, the obvious one, uh, what I call the original side hustle in a gig economy, right. Lyft or Uber. Right. Okay. Here's some interesting facts about that. To be eligible, you need to be at least 21 years old mm -hmm. with a year of driving experience, pass a background check, and something I didn't know, own a car made in 2007 or later. Yep. Do yep. not understand what they got against my 2000 uh, Chevy Astro van. Or my 2000 Pontiac Montana. Because Do not understand that. Because of the fact what they're worried about is they're worried about the car breaking down or, but, or the car is not what they're going to say nice enough. But you know what? Um, if I'm driving for Uber or Lyft, it's because I need some money. But they will also help you purchase a vehicle. Uh, that used to be, but they, oh, they kind of got a, Oh, no. Because yeah. oh, as wow. it found out, uh, it was costing the, pe the drivers way more oh, okay. than if they had done it on their own. Now, they also said that because it's simple to switch between apps, many Lyft drivers also are Uber drivers. And I've seen that. Oh, yeah. Both yeah. Lyft and both Uber the, yep. on the thing. On the yep. So, you know, there's still that now. Here's the thing. If you want to drive for Uber, you actually end up putting in a little more time. Um, I think you end up having to 
have at least three years of driving experience if you're 21 years old. Um, if you, so you've got to have more driving experience right. as opposed to the one year. So it's a little more complicated. And, yes, there is, believe it or not, a background check. That doesn't surprise me, though. Yeah. Right. Well, here's something that when I read it, I couldn't believe it. And I figured all these years I've been doing this wrong. And it says, get paid to test drive cars. I'm like, wait a minute. I hmm. test drive cars. Yeah. Sign me up. I, I, I don't get paid directly from the automakers or whatever. Right. What this is, is, is working through a company, in this case called Bestmark. Uh, you're basically a secret shopper. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, you go and propose a potential buyer. You get to test drive a car, uh, the sales pitch, the whole bit. And then you report back on your experience. And dealers, the large, some larger dealers will often use this to uh, basically verify that what uh, is getting to the customer is in sync with their training. Okay. In terms of how they operate, what they say, how they say it, promises, things like that. Which really, if you're a dealer, particularly a large dealer, you want to make sure that your people out there on the lot are not over-promising things that might get you sued later. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to do that is secret shopper. Check, you know, have a gut check. And that would be a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that's more in larger cities. They don't give you an idea of what, you know, uh, uh, what cities that might be available in. Okay. But another thing. So, oh, to come back to that Uber and Lyft thing, one more thing on that. Mm-hmm. Your car must be a four-door Seat at least four passengers, not including the driver, be registered in state and covered by in state insurance. I can't rent, so I can't rent a car to Uber. No. Oh, man. And here's the other thing are wow. they checking also to make sure you have the correct insurance? Um, it doesn't say that. Because as we found out very early on with Uber, that your regular insurance you get from an insurance company does not cover you. Yeah. And most policies now say they will not cover you. Mine That's says exactly. it. Mine specifically says yep. it. Yep. So does mine. Um, I think, and I'm not for sure, there was a point where Uber might be offering insurance. I thought that they used to cover the insurance. Yeah. Like early this is, on. This is not clear. Uh, in this particular piece, it says that you need to have your own in-state insurance. Right. But that's a little tricky because, like I said, in my case, uh, if I was going to do it, my policy definitely specifically says yep, no. It does. Can you buy a writer, though, for it? You know, I don't know because I wasn't in that situation. That would be a great question for your insurance agent. Could be. Let me throw this at you before we go to the break. How about getting paid to carpool to work? Okay. Okay. Uh, Using a specific app? Um. In particular cities, in D.C., if you start a new carpool, you can make $2 a day up to $130 over a 90-day period. In Birmingham, Alabama, drivers make 70 to nine, 70 bucks over 90 days for taking alternative transportation or carpooling. Um, in California, in San Mateo County, you can get a $50 gift card for retail or online stores when you start or join a new carpool. And if you happen to drive on the busy highway in Boulder, Colorado... You can make $75 in Amazon gift cards for carpooling or van pooling. Oh, wow. And, and this is just some of the ideas. Um, with the gig economy, you don't need a semi-tractor, trailer rig, or van to haul freight. We show you how. Look out, UPS. Coming up. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive.
You're listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester on the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. You guys have got me hungry for state fair food. Hey, you know what? It's that time of year, my friend. I know it's that Red time of year. Deal with it. Funnel cakes is uh, all I'm saying. Oh wow. Leave it, leave it alone. Red. No, what I want is a turkey leg. Oh right. Oh, dude. Oh, no, no, yes. no. Come on. I want, yes. I want wait a minute. I want my brat. And I Ew. want I want my fair lemonade. Yes. And I'm straight. No, what about those? Uh, what about those potatoes that they they like shave oh, the, it and it's girly, yeah, I know yes, what you're about. and then yeah. they drizzle it with the yeah. the nacho yeah. cheese, yeah, yeah. Let oh, it go, people. So good. In case you're wondering, real facts, <laughs> real opinions, and real talk. No, this is not a food show. You might think it is, but it's not. I'm a food. It is. It is segment number three of this hour of Roadworthy Drive, <laughs> America's mo- leading <laughs> premier mobility news mm-hmm. and technology. Talk show. And we've already thrown him off already. Right. I know, right? right? I mean, technically, we can use mobility to go get us fair food. Yeah, but we're not going to get fair food. <laughs> I mean, first of all, because the fair ain't started yet. No, that's not necessarily true. I mean, there are fairs, county fairs happening all over our state. But right nowhere now. close to here. I mean, can we do a miniature road trip no. to find that out? No, no, no. <laughs> not that kind of mobility. All right. You can learn more about the show and this crazy Roadworthy Drive crew that I'm a part of at the show website. That's RoadworthyDrive.com. We got audio clips, video clips, pictures, and so much more. The site's also a great place to discover what we're doing during the week between shows in the universe of social media. Now, for those of you that like us on Facebook, we've developed a Facebook-only show hosted by, wait for it, the crew's own Nisasha. Yeah. Called Wheels of Non-Consent, Sasha reviews vehicles that I get every week, <laughs> usually when I'm not looking. What? And uh, I knew it. You know what, Sasha? You, you tell them about it. Uh, okay. So we talk about mobility. We talk about automotive technology. Um, right now, it's a consumer's world when it comes to new car and buying. I wanted people that maybe like, you know, me, who my vehicle's a 2000, um, to know what's available out there for their money, what's available in the car as far as tech, what's available for um, for options. And I, you know, borrow, quote unquote, <coughs> the, the vehicles. Shush. Bring it back. Right. right. Felony. <laughs> and um, I do short little videos on on Facebook about it. Yeah. And as as long as the state police are not what? tapping me on the shoulder, we're good. Yeah. I had a friend yesterday. <laughs> okay. Who was driving a '96 mm. Ford Ranger? Oh, oh my goodness! Wow. Traded it in uh-huh. and leased a. Hopefully, I got this right. I think he leased a, Hon- a Hyundai. Oh yes. Okay. okay. Yes. And the first thing he posted when he posted the picture was, "Huh? <laughs> I'm lost." Put me in touch with him. I'll show him. You know. But again, you now have what are delivery experts? Yeah. At the dealerships now yep. that are delivering these cars, especially when you start talking about the older generations are going, what is this? Why is this car beeping at me? Why why is the brake tapping my foot? And you get foot? button overload. Yeah. Uh, let's make this simple. If your vehicle is currently what you're driving is 10 years old or older, yeah. 
Uh, you are in for a serious shock, and that really has nothing to do with age. That, they a have whole just new come, universe. Yeah. They've just come that far, and the scary part is this is just the tip of the iceberg, what's coming in the next 10 years. Well, yep. and see, but in the next 10 years, though, will you have to fiddle with those buttons? In the next 10 years, we might be talking more seriously or experience the self-driving vehicle. So you won't necessarily, I mean, you're going to have a vehicle that's going to chime at you, you know, put on your seatbelt, but will you necessarily have all those buttons? I mean, you and I have had that conversation about, you know, they like to call it the cockpit and I like to call it the, you know, pilot seat. When you Nobody get into the, calls it the I, pilot seat. I like the pilot seat. But, the, I mean, yeah. you sit down in the driver's seat, and it's just this whirl from the movie Airplane mm-hmm. of buttons that just go on and on and on. Well, people, as you can see, we've got a lot to talk about there. <laughs> so it's called Wheels of Non-Consent. Be sure to like us on Facebook so you can always stay up on what's going on with Sasha and the crew. So you don't want to fool with people not too good with small talk, and perhaps your social skills are awkward at best. Not to worry. The gig economy has you covered, too. Um, How are you with small packages? Uh, There are three major companies that pay you, um, either locally or cross-country, to put a package in your car, and if you're going that way, pay you to take it. Didn't they have a show called Shipping Wars on A&E? Yeah, but they're talking about crazy stuff. We're talking about... But but it's the same concept. Not really. Okay. No, those were professional companies... We're okay. talking about if I'm going from here to, say, Denver, and somebody needs something hauled to Denver, and it's a small package I can put in my car, they'll pay me to take it to Denver. Well, that's not any different than, I mean, the pet cargo that's been going on for years and True. years and years. You know, people, especially rescues, mm-hmm. that they're trying to get a rescue animal. A lot of times, like a semi-truck driver or somebody going on vacation will take it in legs so mm-hmm. that way it's able mm-hmm. to get to, like, yeah. an adopter. Well, they're called peer-to-peer shipping apps, and they're working to disrupt the shipping industry. Oh. Um, the big three, one called Dolly, Rody, and Grabber, G-R-A-B-R, and they're changing. Some of these are literally local, like Dolly. Uh, it's a peer-to-peer local movers app. Literally, if you got a pickup truck and a couple of folks and somebody needs something moved locally, you can get paid for that. You know, you may not – it's the next step beyond a friend who may have a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have any friends that own them. You can get this kind of help locally. You tell them what you want to move, take a picture of it, they quote your price, boom. And, but- and I realize that I'm looking at the small details here. However, insurance is going to come be the killer here because my guess is you're going to have to have some kind of commercial insurance. To That's do what this. I was saying. You know, I don't, I don't think like you need moving? A, I don't think you need commercial insurance. Now, uh, because it's not like you're doing it every day. And I'm sure it and it really depends on local laws. Yeah, true. You know, local and state laws, some yes, some no. I mean, this is the new gig economy. This stuff is growing and it's catching on. And it will be up to the cities and governments and states of, you know, whether they want to support it or squash it. And please understand, I'm not trying to be a doggy downer here. I'm looking at this with my bus- bu- businessman hat on. Right. Well, going, that I got to make sure that I'm covered, my vehicle's covered, and I'm not violating my personal insurance let me, or, I'm, or I'm not decreasing the value of my truck that quickly to be able to do this. Well, let me throw this at you. Rody goes across state lines. It's okay. the first on-the-way delivery network that connects people who have items to send with drivers already heading in that direction. Again, in the case of Rody, if you're already going that way, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, can you take a package and drop it off? Yeah. 
and okay. I'll pay you X. So it's not necessarily a thing that you are, you know, making special trips. Dolly is local. Roadie, if you're going that way. Uh, and they've got 25,000 drivers already. And you can make anywhere from 50 bucks and going across town to 650 bucks wow. going across country. Finally, what, what, what were those two again? Between, <laughs> yeah, right, literally right. between 50 no, no, no. and 60 companies. Dolly and Roadie. And I'm leaving out the best one, Grabber, uh, which is international. People coming back. Now, that one, I've got way so many questions about customs and that. But again, tip of the iceberg. Coming up. <clears throat> Finally, for those of you moms out there who are good with precious cargo, there's a spot in the gig economy for you, too. And that's next. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. This is Roadworthy Drive. You guys have really got to tune in to Behind the Scenes Society. I was about to say yes. that, that really, uh, you got to do it because you missed a phenomenal conversation yeah. uh, between segments. They actually shushed me. Yes. They shushed me. We we did. We did. Honestly, we did. <laughs> and this is Roadworthy Drive. He's Ken Chester. I'm ja- Jack. And she is I Sasha. am incorrigible. And yeah, poor Jack is stuttering. <laughs> He's yeah. just so excited. Uh, Roadworthy Drive is America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. And yes, heaven knows, I'm Ken Chester. Now to recap, the subject for this hour, just in case you got a little into the weeds, has been about the gig economy and your vehicle. Much, much more than being an Uber or Lyft driver, the gig economy is much larger than you might imagine at first blush, regardless of where you live. And that is the awesome part. You know, it doesn't necessarily require that you live in a big city. That's true. Yep. And that's amazing. Now, for this final segment, <laughs> the topic is ride-sharing services, and they specialize uh, in minor and teenage children and as well as senior citizens. And I don't know about this one. I, 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 We've I have, talked about this before. Yeah, though. but I went deep, and I, I just don't know. I've got my reservations. I, I mean, granted, and we'll talk about this here in a moment. Most of these platforms go deep in terms of, you know, background checks and fingerprinting and experience. And you have to have experience with child care. So they're not just grabbing people off the street. But still, I, you know, I don't know you. Yeah. I mean, this is something different than, you know, we all know a couple moms that, hey, can you pick up my kid? Hey, I'm running late. Or they work something out where, you know, Terry takes the kids and, you know, Pamela brings, picks them up. And then you take their kids yeah. to go someplace else. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we all know that. But as far as like a commercialization, I could see if I did it in a district where my children went to school. Hmm. So let's say I handled out pamphlets. In my school, everybody knows me. If you want this, then I can do this for this fee. Yeah. All right. Put, put a pin in that for a minute. Okay. We're going we're gonna to come back to a piece of this if we have the time that's kind of in that going that way. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't but think that let I me, would well, hire let me, let me start with uh, – I can argue both sides of this. 
I mean, anybody can argue both sides of this. But, right. you know, we are still in an economy where both parents are usually working. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my kids are millennials. They both have professional jobs. They both work. Yep. Now, grandma and grandpa are nearby, so most of the time it's us picking them up or auntie. So in their case, they've got backup. Right. But what if you're in a town where you don't have family? I know that's, that's true. Right. You know, Hello, and you need a somebody. safe, you know, you, particularly in this world, you don't want them walking home by themselves. And how yep. many times, and I can say this, I, my grandmother lived with us the first 15 years of my life. Okay. And grandma was always home when we got home. Mm-hmm. Yep. That mm-hmm. says something right there. It does, but it's a different world now. It's a totally different world. Um, here's something I didn't know. Lyft and Uber have explicit rules about not allowing children under the age of 18 in their vehicles without a guardian. Yep. They flat won't do it. Okay. Um, so if you need a child-friendly rideshare service that you would even consider, first we're going to deal with the professionals. Then I'm going to show you, talk about a few apps that would do what Sasha said earlier. Um, the, one of the first companies was called Shuttle. That's S-H-U. D-D-L-E, oh. and they took the precautions, did all the hiring drivers, extremely safe, uh, but shuttle was too early and didn't make it. Okay. Um, the verdict is still out on, for many families, whether or not they would truly feel comfortable letting their child get in a car with a stranger, but here's a few. Here's one started by three moms. Hop, skip, drive is what it's called. <laughs> uh, available primarily in California and Denver. But this follows the typical pattern. Uh, they've got... Uh, an easy, child-friendly service from unique driver requirements that include five years child care experience to a comprehensive 15-point driver certification process, even live tracking of your child's ride. They try to make you comfortable uh, that, to allow your kid to ride with them. A neat feature promotes the use of passwords between the kids and drivers to assume the kids are never getting into the wrong car. Do they have an age limit? Like, are we talking babies? Are we talking toddlers? They didn't get into that. Okay. And again, because there's so much of this, I just wanted to introduce the concept. Okay. Okay. Um, Here's another one. We talked about this particular one. Zoom. Yes. Z-U-M. I remember Zoom. Um, They also provide, in their case, a babysitting service as well. Yep. uh, If you would like, um, or having the driver stay with your child at the activity for extra cost. Uh, My wife and I have both been guilty of having to pick up one of our kids, we were late, last one there, teacher had to stay with them, yeah. you know, to get there. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could see that yep. being an issue, you know, which that may be decent if, in fact, uh, they check out. In most daycare situations, because my wife was a part of this, Okay, um, if you're late, oh, yeah. it's, a you dollar, it's a dollar a minute. Oh, I'm sure yep. it is. But the problem is sometimes you just can't get there. Dollar a minute or not. I get it. I mean, you know, it'd be cute if, you know, the reason for the rate is to encourage you not to do it. But uh, if you're two working parents with inflexible schedules, uh, hey, and tell it your is boss. what it is. Tell your boss in today's economy. Oh, tell your yeah. Boss. It's like, yeah, I can replace you, buddy. Yep. Yeah. Um, others. Um, Kids Cruiser, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh. Zemcar, Z-E-M, in Boston. This one also specializes in giving rides to senior citizens. And the monitoring team tracks the entire ride to make sure the driver stays on route. Plus, the parents can build their own team of drivers and place them in a, quote, circle of trust. This ensures that any time a senior family member or child needs to be picked up, a driver that the family knows 
and likes will be sent. Now, these are just a few of the ride-sharing services. Mm -hmm. There are carpooling services, which are most apps, what Sasha was talking about. Um, Carpool Kids is an app that allows parents to organize carpools for their children's activities. Okay. That's kind of more of the line what you were talking about. Yeah. Now, it's not a ride-share app where you hire an outside driver. This is carpooling with families you're already familiar with. And this kind of goes along. Here's another one. Kibitzi, um, same thing. It also adds real-time tracking. Another one, Pogo Rides, same type of thing. You can track your child's ride in real time. Pogo helps you to connect to other parents in your community that you either know directly or through a mutual friend. So you're never placing your child with a stranger. Okay. Uh, Again, go kids. This one includes a GPS tracking uh, of cars, like mapping functionality in app texting, which makes all life a little simpler when trying to coordinate carpools. And then finally, this last one is called Figure 8. No set location, available, used for anywhere, and allows, again, arrange carpools from your list of contacts and keep track of all sorts of stuff. Now that concludes our conversation for this hour, folks. And we want to thank you for listening. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This has been Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.